0: Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. I intend to explore a range of views on the topic throughout this series, so that both Christians and non-Christians can enrich their understanding of the Galilean preacher. Let's listen to renowned Bible scholar Jimmy Aiken present his thought-provoking arguments in support of a historical Jesus. What is
1: the current consensus among mainstream scholars on when the four Gospels were written? The
2: great majority of scholars, both liberal and conservative, hold to the dates that mainstream scholars assign to the Gospels. Mark was written between 60 and 75, and most likely between 68 and 73. Matthew was written between 80 and 90, give or take a decade, so basically between 70 and 100. Luke was written about 85, give or take 5 to 10 years, so between 75 and 95. And then
1: John was written between 80 and 110. Evangelicals tend to be a bit more conservative than non-evangelical ones. Do they go along with these dates? For the most part, they also tend to put Mark between 60
2: and 75. They put Matthew and Luke in the 70s or 80s, and then John in the 90s.
1: And then do some scholars hold to dates that fall outside these ranges?
2: Very definitely. Some scholars place the Gospels quite a bit earlier, and it's not just conservatives who do so. Three liberals who have done so are the German scholar Adolf von Harnack, the British scholar John A.T. Robinson, and the British scholar James Crossley. Both von Harnack and Robinson proposed that the three synoptic Gospels were written quite a bit earlier than the dates we just read. Robinson also thinks that John was written way before the 90s, and Crossley thinks that Mark was written between A.D. 35 and 45, so around A.D. 40, just seven years after the crucifixion. My own views on the dates of the synoptic gospels are the most similar to von Harnack's. I also agree with Robinson that John was written much earlier than supposed, and I think Mark was written early, but not as early as Crossley thinks.
1: We've covered the basic theories about when the Gospels were written, so how will we go about evaluating them? First, we'll look
2: at the question from the faith perspective and what the faith has to say on the subject of their dates. Then, from the reason perspective, we'll look at how much the question of the difference in dates really matters. And then finally, we'll go through each of the Gospels and look at what the historical evidence has to say about when it was written.
1: What can we say about the dates of the four canonical Gospels from the faith perspective? Does the Church have a teaching on when the Gospels were written? The Church holds that public revelation ended with the conclusion of
2: the Apostolic Age and that the Gospels are public revelation. So that would mean that the Gospels were written before the close of the Apostolic Age. But there's a bit of a question about precisely when it ended. For one thing, we don't know the precise year that the last Apostle died. It's often thought that John was the last of the Twelve to die, But assuming that's right, we still don't know the precise year. There's also a question about who counts as an apostle, because it isn't just the twelve. The term apostle could be used fairly broadly in the first century. We know that Paul was an apostle, as was Barnabas, because Luke calls him one in Acts 14.14. And there's some indication that people like Silas and Timothy may have been considered apostles. So we shouldn't think in terms of just the original 12 apostles that followed Jesus during his earthly ministry. Both the people who were famous as apostles and some of their associates might be considered apostles. Given that, we really don't know who the last apostle to die was, and we don't know when. Whoever it was may well have survived into the second century. That means that all of the dates that modern scholarship typically proposes for the gospels fall within the apostolic age. So there's no problem from the faith perspective with proposing any of these dates. They all were written when public revelation was still being given, and so they would all count as scripture.
1: Does the church teach that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John had to be written by the people who were the traditional authors? No, it's not a matter of church
2: teaching that particular people wrote them. The important thing is that they were written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but you don't have to be an apostle to be divinely inspired. Mark and Luke were not apostles, but associates of apostles, which qualifies them as apostolic men, you could say, men of the apostolic age who either were apostles or were connected with the apostles. So people in the apostolic community could be inspired even if they weren't themselves apostles. Therefore, even if it turned out that Matthew and John were written by someone else in the apostolic community, that wouldn't prevent them from being inspired. What do you think about who wrote them? I think there's good evidence that Matthew was written by the Apostle Matthew and that Mark was written by Peter's companion Mark and that Luke was written by Paul's companion Luke and that John was written by an eyewitness of Jesus's ministry named John, which is why the name John is attached to it. Though there is a question in my mind and in the mind of various scholars about whether it was John the Apostle. Or another eyewitness of Jesus' ministry that the church fathers talk about, known as John the Elder or John the Presbyter. However, the evidence concerning those points takes us beyond the scope of this episode. Here, we're focused on the question of the dating of the Gospels. Suffices from the faith perspective to just note that they were all written in the Apostolic Age. Beyond that, the church leaves it to scholars and historians to try to determine these matters more precisely. In other words, It leaves it to the reason perspective.
1: All right, what can we say about the dates of the four canonical Gospels from the reason perspective? First off, how much difference does it really make? The Gospels are biographies, and it really doesn't matter when a
2: biography is written as long as it's written by a competent person who has good sources. You simply don't have to be an eyewitness to write an accurate biography. I mean, today, biographers don't have to know the person they're writing about. They don't even have to be alive at the same time as their subject. Consider, for example, all the recent biographies of Abraham Lincoln that you find on Amazon or on bookstore shelves. No modern authors were eyewitnesses of Lincoln. Yet, people don't discount these biographies on that basis. What matters is that a biographer had access to reliable sources and that he handled them carefully, and the men who wrote the Gospels were careful and did have accurate sources. There is a wonderful book by the British scholar Richard Balcom called Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. In it, he shows how the evidence reveals that the Gospels, all four of them, including John, are based on eyewitness testimony about the ministry of Jesus. Can you give us a taste of that evidence? Sure. According to the first century figure John the Presbyter, who we mentioned... And he was likely one of the authors of the New Testament, either of the Gospel of John or at least 2nd and 3rd John. St. Jerome, for example, identifies John the Presbyter as the author of 2nd and 3rd John. According to him, the Gospel of Mark was written by Mark, who served as Peter's interpreter, and he wrote the Gospel based on his knowledge of Peter's preaching. Based on the unusual prominence of Peter in Mark's Gospel, scholars have generally agreed that this is correct. Further, Baucom argues that Mark uses a literary device known as an inclusio to signal the fact that Peter stands behind the information in the Gospels. You can read his chapters 6 and 7 of Jesus and the Eyewitnesses for more on that, but it would mean that Mark is signaling the reader that he's basing this on the eyewitness testimony of Peter. Similarly, Luke informs us at the beginning of his gospel that the information in it was delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. That's Luke chapter 1 verse 2. We can even tell which eyewitnesses much of the information came from. First, Luke uses Mark as one of his sources, so some of his material came from Peter. Second, Luke spent several years in Rome with Paul, where Peter also spent the latter part of his ministry. Peter thus served as a major source for Acts chapters 1 to 12, and Luke likely derived some of the material in his gospel directly from Peter as well. And we can detect other sources. For example, Luke preserves traditions derived from the Virgin Mary, and he signals this by noting how Mary kept all these things, pondering them in her heart. That's another way of saying, and Mary remembered this, which is Luke's way of saying that the information he's recording came to us from Mary. He either interviewed Mary himself, or he interviewed people who did.
0: I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. T-O-R-Y using the code 30605.